listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. It is the bonus hour of Miller and Moulton on this Thursday, second day of March, first Thursday of the month. NHL trade deadlines got 30 hours left in it. There are only four players that are left that could be traded. Unbelievable what has taken place in that league. I know most of you don't pay attention. It's been remarkable. Kevin Durant made his debut with the Suns last night. He had a nice modest night, played 27 minutes, scored 23 points. Devin Booker with 37, oh, by the way. We said it earlier. If KD and Devin Booker are going to combine for 60 every night, Phoenix is going to be a really tough out. I mean, those are some, those are two of the purest scorers, some of the yep. purest scorers in the NBA on the same team. Yep. Well, they had a stat that I found remarkable. It's like basically they're the only third pair of this league to both have nine jump shot buckets in a game. I mean, even when like there's – Like per game? In, in a, yeah, in a single game. Because oh. when – Guys score when multiple 20-point scores, everything's going to the hole. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you just pointed out, these guys are shooters. Pure scores. I mean, Devin Booker scored 70 at the age of 20 in a and game. also with the way the game is now, you know, two perimeter players, two wing players, if you will. I mean, you know, there was a time when you, you couldn't win the title that way. Now – I don't know if you can win the title unless you've got that. And they've got a great point guard and a big to go with that. Right. Aiton had 15 and 15 last night. Chris Paul had like 12 assists. Well, we'll see if the old man at the point can stay healthy. That's very true. That's that, that's a key one. We'll see if the old man. But KD made his uh, debut with Phoenix last night. Got a lot of drama going on in both conferences right now, and it looks as if post-All-Star break that, uh, you know, just when I thought everybody was playing, the Sixers sat out and beat last night, although he did go into the All-Star break saying, I'm not healthy. It didn't matter that they sat him because they still beat the Heat last night. Boy, did they ever. Beat him by 23 without Embiid. Damn. Damn. I'm sorry, Felipe. I can't take the Heat seriously this year. I just don't think they have it. Well, the fact that Jimmy Butler left the game with an injured knee is even adding more to your cause, David. I mean, I know that they'll, you know, not be an ideal first-round opponent for like a Philly or somebody like that. But, yeah, they don't have a run in them. Two of the last three years, they've had a big run. I I just – if the Heat won a playoff series, I'd be very surprised. They're very stagnant right now as a franchise and as a team because they're not bad, but they're not good. That's the best way you can put it. Well, the other thing, like, you know, Mark, you and I are hockey guys, and we are enthralled with what's going on in the NHL right now with so many good players and a few even better than that players that are on the move. But, you know, the NBA has been all about where so-and-so going to go, where so-and-so going to go. There's nobody lined up to go next year, if you know what I mean. You know, there's there's no there's rumors that Harden, believe it or not, is going to opt out and go back to Houston, which is just mind-boggling if that were to happen. All right, that he take he forces his way from Houston to Brooklyn, forces his way from Brooklyn to Philly, and then when both teams were poised to win, he leaves to go to Houston. What? 
By the way, for those who don't know, the Houston Rockets this season are playing some of the worst basketball in NBA history. Correct. They're the worst record in the league. Right. They're awful. So, But think about it, though. If they get that wonder seven-foot talent that everybody thinks is going to be a, you know. Everybody a but Charles changer. Barkley. Right. Of course. And then all of a sudden they ask, you know, add Harden to it. I mean, who knows? You know, they go from the outhouse to the penthouse overnight. Two out of five don't need much more than that. But Major League Baseball starting in four weeks, Masters in five weeks, NFL offseason officially begins in 13 days. Two weeks from today, we will have already had 24 hours of free agency. And, of course, no teams are talking to anybody. Okay, There'll be no, nothing done in that first 24 hours. Nothing at all. People will just be getting to know one another. I liked it better when there was the no tampering period and the guys would still get signed at midnight. At least now there's a actual tampering period when you can legally talk to players like they're not talking to them now. But right. you know what I mean when all of a sudden uh-huh. they, they weren't allowed to speak at all and at 12.01 a.m. a guy signs a four-year, $160 million deal. It's that, amazing. That they they basically just showed up at his door with a contract and he didn't have anybody read it. He just signed it. Dana Stubblefield. Signed a five-year huge money deal with Washington at 12.23 a.m. Unbelievable how they negotiated that deal from scratch. I mean, they followed the Miller and Moulton playbook. We could do this on a bar napkin. You know, and it was a five-year, $100 million deal. It was incredible. I digress. So, a lot going on right now. And, of course, the madness. You know, it, you know we got a couple of interesting scenarios. Isn't Michigan like near the top of the Big Ten and yet not right now in the tournament in a lot of brackets? They're the on Shelby Mass, they are the last team in right now. He has Michigan playing USC in a play in game and Nevada playing Arizona State in the other play in game. I mean, Michigan's in second place in the Big Ten. Second place in the Big Ten. And yet they're 50-50 that they're going to get in the tournament. Have you seen the ACC standings? Clemson, out. In most people's brackets, Clemson's out. Right. Shelby's got them the fifth team out, for the record. They're in the next four out. Yeah. They're tied for fourth, and they have the tiebreaker against Duke, just so you know. I mean, really, the fourth-place team? But listen, USC supposedly on the bubble. They're tied for second in the Pac-12 with Arizona. That's the wild thing. Arizona is a two-seed right now, okay? So <laughs> is UCLA. Lucky to be in. USC is one of the last teams in the tournament. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, just and I don't know where Sparty's ranked in the Big Ten because I don't pay attention to the Big Ten standings all that well, but Sparty's got a one-game better record than Michigan. They're considered a lock for the tournament. They're 18-11, and 11, Michigan 17-12. and 12. I believe they split this year. Well, in the loss column, they're tied for third. Now, of course, there's seven teams that are tied for third in the loss column in the Big Ten. So, you know, if you if you have a 2 and 0 weekend, you could be third. If you have an 0 and 2 weekend, you could be 10th. But I I laugh at this because and I didn't watch the second of the game, and I'm not doing it cuz I'm an alum. But Michigan State beat Nebraska this week. 
Shelby has all the teams in his bracket in red if they still have work to do. Beating Nebraska on the road made them a lock. How is that humanly possible? Well, Mark, Nebraska's the third worst team in the Big Ten. Right. I mean, that's a, on the road. That's a quality win. Stop it. <laughs> but let's make sure. Let's make sure that if FAU loses again, we throw them out of the tournament so we can make sure that a West Virginia, a Michigan, an Arizona State gets in. So Michigan, according to our buddy Shelby Mass, is the last team in. They're second in the Big Ten. Wisconsin is the first team out. Correct. According to Shelby. They're 11th in the Big Ten. That's right. One team is one spot ahead. One is in second. One is in 11th. The importance of non-conference games. Michigan did not do well non-conference. By the way, Wisconsin beat USC. Big 10 right now scheduled to get the most teams of any conference in the country. Right now, Shelby has nine Big 10 teams going to the tournament. Eight from the SEC, seven from the Big 12, five from both the Big East and the ACC. I think that's laughable. Come on now. You grew up in the Big Ten. You've watched a lot of Big Ten basketball. All right. If you had to pick one word to describe the Big Ten this year, if I nominated that word to be mediocre, would you argue with me? You already stole my word. I I thought I was going to get to say it first. Mediocrity was the word I was going to use. 100%. Nine bids? I mean, seriously? This, This is the year we can't see Oral Roberts and FAU and Charleston? You've got Oral Roberts right now that's 27 and four, David. You got Charleston, who's 28 and three. FAU's 26 and three. Drake's 24 and seven. And these teams apparently have no shot unless they win their conference tournament. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, Wisconsin's got 12 losses. Michigan's got what, 11? No, Michigan's got 12. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, they're, they're a 12 loss team. Michigan, 17 oh. and 12. West Virginia, yeah. 17 and 13, David. But it is fascinating. You know, conference standings used to just be, you know, well, I mean, if so-and-so is in fourth place in the ACC, of course they're in the tournament. Clemson's in fourth in the ACC. Owning the tiebreaker over Duke. No one is Clemson in the tournament right now. Team that's tied for second in the Pac-12s on the bubble. Team that's in second in the Big Ten is very much on the bubble. They may be the bubble. Michigan, I think, plays Illinois tonight. That would do wonders for the Wolverines if they get that win on the road. By the way, there's teams like Northwestern, Illinois, Auburn. have not done a lot of winning lately. They may still need one more win teams like that to get in not according to Shelby I know Michigan you know I mean the Big Ten team that still has work to do according to Shelby is Rutgers of a non-bubble team but Auburn's a lock or I'm sorry Auburn does need to work I'm sorry Auburn and Rutgers both on that line Pitt on that line 
and they're tied for first in the in the uh, ACC, aren't they? Yes, they are. I mean, they're a nine a- seed that still has work to do. And that's after losing last night. I mean, I got to admit, when you've watched the ACC this year, did you think it was that much worse than the Big Ten? And don't get me wrong, the ACC this year is not good at all. It's another reason, but by the way, do we don't think the Big Ten's good. We don't think the ACC's good. Yet these leagues are going to get all these bids. Really? We can't give any of these bids anywhere else. But I mean, Mark, like the ACC is going to get like five or six, and the Big Ten's going to get nine. I mean, do you think the Big Ten's that much better than the ACC this year? I don't. Who won the challenge, by the way? Pretty sure it was the ACC. They usually do. Miller and Moulton. Just trying to give you an idea of what's going on in the brackets and how crazy this tournament should be. Thanks for listening right here on the Florida Sports Network. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour. Telling you, you got to check out the Miller and Moulton show on the Miller and Moulton Twitch.tv channel. Felipe, Felipe, I don't bring you in that often, but when I do, it's for occasions like this. Would you recommend the Miller and Moulton Twitch channel after that last commercial break? So happy that we came back from commercial break there. <laughs> Had to cut that off before we got carried away. For those of you who don't know, David was talking royal family again. You know how he gets when... Well, actually, I was just talking about can you take a gift back? Well, that's true. No. Okay, that's all. No, once you give someone a gift, you know, once you buy a prize, it's yours to keep. Once you're given a gift, it's yours to keep. Like, let's just say you won the lottery, right? And in a moment of generosity, you said, David, we've got this, you know, it's like our fourth place. And to be honest with you, we don't need it. But we know it would really, you know, work for you guys. We are going to give you this place. Let's just call it like Frogmore Cottage. And we go, well, that's that's lovely. Thank you. And it it was a wedding gift, too, which is very nice of you, Mark. We try. And then five years later, you pick up the phone and you go, listen, you rat blankety blank. Give me the cottage back. Wait, what? You're not using it anyway. Yeah, but I paid millions to renovate it. and It's mine. I mean, you gave it to me. Once or twice a year, I fly in. It's where we stay. You know, I mean, this just in, we don't stay at an embassy suites. All right. So I'm just curious. Are you allowed to? Now, don't get me wrong. I think it's a hell of a PR move for Charles. I mean, you know, Megan and Harry are toe jam in that country right now. I mean, it's a hell of a move PR wise. You know, Felipe, the fear sometimes that when I revisit something that happened during a Twitch break, it it continues, and it just did. And that's all on me. It's not on you. It's on me. I'm just curious. Can you, you know, can you take back a gift? Only if they're divorced. <laughs> so let me get this straight. 
if you give me a gift, but my wife and I get divorced, you well, get to you go, said well, the gift was a wedding present. Correct. If I give you a gift as a wedding present, you get divorced, and the gift is that type of a gift. I might want it back. What if it's like a rice cooker or something? I don't know, like an air fryer. <laughs> like no you're not gonna take back the air fryer what's one of the- this this just in felipe we're not talking about a gift that is actually you know what's that thing that you fill out in advance registry pe- right people go to it and they go oh wow they need a salt and pepper shaker yeah this is a cottage it's not on the registry i will say since i have been married twice at the near end of my first marriage and things are never going that well obviously you're getting divorced so there was a lot of bickering, and, and we had a young child. So you try to do the best to getting along and try to make peace when you're around the child. And I'll never forget being at the house, and I made just some kind of – and I wasn't being – I really wasn't even being a jerk. We were, we were kind of almost getting along. And I said, you know, since you never cook, how about I get the dishes? And she goes, you can have the damn waffle maker too. And we <laughs> laughed for 10 minutes. That's funny. <laughs> And you start thinking to yourself, man, if we'd gotten along right. this well, we wouldn't be in this right. predicament. Right. I guess I should have right. made more waffles. Who knew? I'm just wondering, are you allowed to, not in this specific example, I know people don't want to go with this subject matter, but just in general. No. You, okay. All right. So she, I didn't think so either. So she actually took back the cottage. or Well, well, well she didn't because she's dead. I was about to say, she's not around anymore. So, well, put it this way. That's the other thing. They're doing it. It's very passive aggressive. All right. Apparently, the guy in charge now, okay, has just made a formal request. Right. And is trying to guilt them into giving the cottage back. Not a chance. Well, that's the other thing. In fact, I would double down. I'd be at the cottage tomorrow. Just fly in for the weekend. Oh, I'm flying for the weekend. I'd let every tabloid know I'm coming too. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing. What if now if they resist, of course, it'll just make them they're even worse people than we thought they were over there. But I'm just curious. The royal family gifted them for their wedding this cottage. Okay. The royal family continues even though the queen is no longer with us. Now the new boss of the royal family has said, no, no. But he doesn't say, I'm taking it back. He makes a formal request for them to give it back. And yet they're the bad people if they don't give it back. It was a gift. Either that or you sell it and you give it to a charity in England and then you then you really oh. honk off the royal family. You give Man. a bunch back to the people, and you make yourselves – you take your Q rating up as high as you can possibly take it over there. Man, wouldn't that be something? All of a sudden you turn that into like a food kitchen or something? <laughs> Man, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Let the guards know. I'm just wondering. That's all. I mean, it seems, I know it's, listen, as messed up families go, they're up there. I mean, they are, and we all have a family dynamic. I just didn't know it. Are you allowed, you know, like Arch in our Twitch chat room about an engagement ring? See, my feeling is once you 
give her the ring, it ain't yours. No, it's not. I will say, though, if you break off the engagement before you get married, you should give the ring back to the person who bought it. I, I do believe that. If you, if you decide before you're married, you know what? This guy's not for me. I'm not doing this. I'm bailing. You give the ring back. Yeah, that's like robbery. Well, it's not robbery. It was a gift. It was a contractual obligation. Yeah. Well, at the time, it was, yes. Okay? I'm giving you this because I think... No, I'm giving you this because you're going to marry me. You said yes. See, you don't get the ring. See, here's the thing, David. I get down on the knee and I propose. Uh Uh-huh. You and I have been there. Right. In fact, we're pretty good at it. Better than that, that we are keeping jobs. We're two for two at each to, at each of these. Right. I have to admit, I do not want to try for the hat trick. No, I, really I won't. Don't. No, no, I won't either. No, no, no. I'll go but, for a Gordy Howe hat trick. But once you go on the knee and say, will you marry me? And that person says, yes, they get uh-huh. the ring. If they say no, you don't give them the ring. So when they say no, before the I do's are said, they should give the ring back. Well, hold on. What if they're not the ones that ended the engagement? What if the person who gave the ring is the one that actually called it off? That's not how I described it. If the one who gave the ring calls it off, then you know what? Go pawn that thing, honey. Get some cash for it. So so in, so in that instance, it depends on who's breaking off the relationship. Absolutely. Well, clearly in this case, well, clearly in this case, the you know the head of the royal family is essentially breaking off the relationship. But you can argue it's a third party because the queen started the whole thing. Yeah, but she was the head of the royal family. He inherited that. You know, it's like being president and inheriting a treaty. You may not like it, but you know, we it's a treaty. My question is, how settled into this cottage were they? They're how many year, or how many years were they? Therefore, well, they were they were in it for two years. Now they remodeled it to the tune of oh. like two and a half million. They did, it's and not their they, money. they remodeled it. Okay, no, hell no, 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 no. It was their money because when they left, there was this brouhaha about really we just taxpayer money, and so they said, okay, we'll write you a check. So actually, they paid for the cottage. They paid for the renovations. This is a sports show. Sometimes. No, it's just asking, can you take back a gift? That's all. Felipe, this is very important. You're going to need this later on in life. You just don't know when. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. Twenty-two minutes before the top of the hour, seventeen until we're out of here. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, FloridaSportsNetwork.com. Pat Kerwin to join us on the show live from the Combine in Indianapolis tomorrow. Well, let's get right at it. I got lots to do today, David. Very busy list, lots to talk about. So let's not waste any time. It's time for someone to take back this segment, if for no other reason than to stop David from talking about Meghan and Harry. Here's Mark Miller with Today Was the Day When. 
We start in 1874 when the National Association of Professional Baseball Players officially adopts the batter's box. And, in other news, decides that any player betting on his old team will be expelled. Any player betting on the other team will have to forfeit his pay. King Kong premiered today in 1933. The first ever NBA All-Star game was today in 1951. Wilt scores 100 today in 1962. Game was not televised. The only picture from the event was Wilt in the locker room holding up that piece of paper with 100 written on it. And it took place in Hershey, Pennsylvania. He was 36 of 63 from the floor, 28 of 32 from the line. A career 51% free throw shooter. Normally, he would have made 17 of those free throws. He made 28. 1965, The Sound of Music premieres. Did pretty well. It did. 1966, Bobby Hall becomes the NHL's first two-time 50-goal scorer. 1969, Esposito becomes the first player to score 100 points in a season when he scores two third-period goals in the Bruins' 4-0 win over the Pens. Hence, the signs in New England at churches that said Jesus saves, but Espo scores on the rebound. That's true, by the way. That's not a joke. That was true. 1988, this is for Felipe. The Flaming Basketball is adopted by the Heat as their official logo from number 13,000 entries. Mark Henderson submitted the winning entry. This one's for David today in 89. Keith Hernandez and Daryl Strawberry nearly come to blows in front of reporters at spring training. Remember, late 80s, I mean, you know, you had Leland and Bonds in like 90, okay, going at it in spring training. I mean, you know, things were a little different then. 91, Brett Hall becomes a 70-goal scorer for the second straight season. He would end the season with a career-best 86 goals. That's pretty good. Today in 1993, Mario Lemieux undergoes his 22nd and final radiation treatment for Hodgkin's lymphoma. Then he would join the Penguins in Philadelphia and score a goal and assist in a 5-4 loss to the Flyers. Timo Solani sets the rookie record, breaking Mike Bossy's record of 52 with the goal tonight for the Winnipeg Jets in 1993. Today in 2012, the NFL establishes existence of a bounty program at New Orleans. Sean Payton is suspended for the 2012 season. Man, they did not have a sense of humor about that. 2012, MLB confirms the postseason will be expanded from 8 to 10 teams with an extra wildcard team. And in 2020, David, public enemy parted ways with Flavor Flav over playing for free at a Bernie Sanders rally. I understand. Got to draw the line somewhere. Chuck D draws the line, man. It's just the way it is. Those born today that are no longer with us, Dr. Seuss, Mel Ott, Desi Arnaz, Mikhail Gorbachev, and Lou Reed. Those that are celebrating. You went Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Look look at you. Huh. Those celebrating birthdays today. Denny Crum is 86. Lorraine Newman is 71. John Von, Von Jovi is 61. Ron Gant, 58. Actor Daniel Craig is 55. Ben Roethlisberger is 41. Reggie Bush is 38. And Luke Combs is 33. And there you have it. That was today was the day when. What did I miss, David? Daniel Craig is double nickel? Yeah. I thought he was older than that. 
That was one of the Bond guys, right? right? No. Yeah. You... I thought he was a little older than that. That's all. No, good job. I mean, hell, Dr. Seuss. I mean, I thought I could get you on that one. You've heard folks elsewhere mock Florida is gonna Florida. Well, Mark Miller sees it differently. He calls it the good, the bad, and the ugly. What you got, Mark? Go to Bonita Springs for the good, or at least out eight miles from Bonita Springs in the Gulf of Mexico, where FGCU is building a new artificial reef. It'll be called Kimberly's Reef. Hoping to expand fish life and things of that nature. One of the great things that the Vestra Marine Project at FGCU does, among others. For the bad, we go to West Virginia, where West Virginia officials investigating reports of powder in the air and on some vehicles have determined the source, David. Pollen. They actually did a study to determine that the powder in the air was pollen. Wow. I think we all could have told you that. That we all got C's in science. Really surprised this wasn't a Mississippi investigation. But West Virginia not too far ahead of them, so wow. can't be too surprised. Look for the, at that. For the ugly, we go to Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yeah, it was. It was shots, shots fired. Mark Muffley is charged with possessing an explosive in an airport. He was flying from Pennsylvania to Orlando on Allegiant Air, you know, the Uber of the air. When FBA, an FBI bomb technician x-rayed the compound and determined that the granular powder was consistent with commercial-grade fireworks. He's in custody, waiting to wait in a hearing. And that is the good, the bad, and the ugly on today, March the 2nd, 2023. 10 NHL games tonight, both Florida teams in action, both at home. How about the Lightning hosting Sid and the Penguins? How about the Panthers hosting Nashville? Four game and uh, Patrick Kane makes his debut, or at least he's expected to, for the Rangers, who are home tonight for Ottawa. Rangers better show up ready to play, because Ottawa does. Um, NBA, only four games tonight. TNT's got the double dip. Philly and Dallas early. We'll see if Embiid plays since he didn't last night. Mavs are one and four with uh, Kyrie and Luka together. One and four, and they got to host the Sixers tonight. Clippers Warriors, the late game on TNT. Four top 10 teams in action tonight in college hoops, three of them out west. The game of the night, though, Mark, I could argue, even though USC-Arizona is a significant game, they're tied for second place. Arizona probably has to sweep the West Coast trip if they want to be a one seed. USC needs one win this week probably to clinch their spot in the tournament. But Purdue's at Wisconsin, 9 o'clock FS1. Purdue's losing their grip on being a one seed. And Wisconsin is bubblicious. I know it's Purdue, and you know, but if you're Wisconsin, you need this sucker. Yes, you do. 
And with Michigan and Illinois tonight, you could see them, the two of those teams being flip-flopping. Michigan's got a big game as well. They could do a lot for their tournament chances by winning tonight on the road. FAU's got two games left. They're both on the road. They're at Rice tonight. We're of the belief if FAU can finish the regular season without another loss and post 28-3, and that if they suffer a loss in the conference tournament, they'll get in. Particularly if they lose in the conference final, they'd be a 30-win team. And they did win at Florida this year. But, Mark, this is one of the few times in which usually we root for things. We root for records to be broken. But I think there's a few of us that just, I don't know, this one doesn't sit well. You know, the whole COVID year, for the most part, we've thought is awesome. You know, giving college athletes that extra year of eligibility. Great, good for them. Get a fifth year, the whole deal. We are not aware that in any major college sport that it has changed the record book by giving a fifth full year of eligibility. It may tonight. Pete Maravich has held the NCAA scoring record for 50 years. Now, he was only allowed to play three years because freshmen couldn't play when Maravich was at LSU. And despite him being a tremendous shooter, there was no three-point shot. Antoine Davis has done nothing wrong. 24-year-old guy for Detroit Mercy. NCAA gave him an extra year. He's playing. And he's balling. And he's averaging nearly 30 a game. And because of it, Antoine Davis has moved up like 30 spots on the all-time scoring list this year alone. And he's now number two, 25 points behind Maravich. If he scores 26 tonight in the quarterfinals of the Horizon League, where they're an eight-point underdog to the number one team in the Horizon, Youngstown State, if he scores 26 points tonight, Antoine Davis will be the NCAA's all-time leading scorer. They've played twice. He exceeded that number in one game, was held in the teens in the other. His scoring average in the two games, if you added them up, I think was 22 and a half or 23. He would literally come up a bucket short of the record. It's a conference tournament game. If Detroit loses, their season is over. They're an eight-point underdog on the road tonight. So the expectation is they're losing. This is his last college game. He's 25 points away from tying Maravich. He's averaging nearly 30 a game this year. Do you root for him to break the record? Or do you hope, quite frankly, he just comes up a bucket short So that Maravich, with the rules being so different, three years versus five, and that Pete keeps what many people consider his, quote, rightful place. 
I'm hoping Maravich keeps the record because of the fifth year. I, I, I truly am. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the kid will break the record. I do, too, because I also think that he'll play to the bitter end. And I think at the end of the game, they'll be feeding him the ball if they have to. What else are they playing? I mean, even if they're out of the game, they're going to keep giving him the ball. He's their best scorer. Try to get back into it. Unless it's some kind of huge blowout. But also, he's playing for his dad. Mike Davis is the coach at Detroit Mercy. This is his son. Who, you know, by all accounts, good student, good player. You know, not a ball hog, by the way. I mean, he's the best player on the team. But, you know, he's he'll pass the ball. Not tonight. Um, it's a big game, though. I mean, you know, they are three wins away from the tournament. I mean, that's the other thing. You're still trying to go to the NCAA tournament, which I don't believe he and they have gone to during his career. So that's a little something to watch college basketball-wise. You can get into college basketball. I mean, if, you, if you're into small conference tournaments, we get rolling at 1230 this afternoon. It's March. There is going to be basketball on pretty much from this point forward. Every day now until Selection Sunday. Yep. Absolutely. You want afternoon sports. you got college hoops now for the next 11 days. Right. Go between college ball and the Bay Hill today. By the way, Spieth on the leaderboard early. A couple early birdies. Remember, nine of the top 10 players in the world because Cam Smith's on the LIV. 23 of the top 25 playing at the Bay Hill. I think Rory's going to win it, by the way. At Bay Hill, really? Yeah. Huh. Scheffler's the defending champ. I know when we had Kurt Byron on, we asked him about Max Homa. You said something interesting about Homa the other day. You think he's predominantly a West Coast guy. Well, it's, it's not that I think. His wins have all come out West. Right. His, his good so, golf is where he's from. It's, right. And so you're like, listen, you know, you like Homa. You root for Homa. But you would like to see him come East and, you know, win a tournament. Opportunity here at Bay Hill. Thank you so much for listening today. I'd love to say it's a football Friday, but the way the XFL started, I can't even do that. It's a Friday edition of Miller and Moulton tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Florida Sports Network.